What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who found out he's not the only one that can pack a truck, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Unfortunately, I prided myself on my ability to pack vehicles over the years that we've had kids, and, and we've gotten some small vehicles that we've had to pack a lot of stuff into. And I remember last year we had this moment in the in the snow and the rain at the cabin we were at with our family and we were packing my truck and I just got bent. <laughs> you so did get, it left, yes, it a left a mark. I, I, I apologize. I'm a couple to family, but nonetheless, it left uh, a remembrance and my son-in-laws and my godson, they stepped forward and they, they took, they took charge as a help and it went so smooth and i said at the end of this you will forever now be the packers of my vehicles. (laughs) Well, initially it was forced upon them because we've talked about this before. For Christmas now, we have scaled down the gifts that we have given to the family, the rest of the family. And instead we take those funds and we put them towards renting a cabin at a later date. In this case, it was February. So this past weekend, we all gathered together, all of the kids, and spent four wonderful days together on a cabin towards Mount Hood. Now, you were uh, on travel the day we got up to the cabin, which meant it was up to all of us to get the truck packed up, to get up to the mountain, to unpack and, and start getting the weekend ready. You and our daughter showed up the next day. I will say this for sure. I was a bit worried. I wasn't sure if they were able to handle it. And lo and behold, yeah, they did just fine. And then the nice thing was, is when it was time to pack up and leave, we didn't have nearly the amount of food, of course, that we came up with because we spent four days eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. Uh, We had to pack a lot of food, but we ate so beautifully well. And to round out the week, and they packed it all home for us also. It was a wonderful weekend, and I am still amazed and so blessed when we sat down at our first big meal together once everybody had arrived on Friday night. And I said to everybody, this moment right here, all of us together sharing a meal. There were 11 of us sitting around the table. I said, this is a parent's dream come true. And it is a true blessing. And every moment from then on out was a pretty good blessing. That is, of course, until we got to the Super Bowl, which we all watched together. And yeah, we'll just say the team we were rooting for uh, didn't live up to expectations. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was a learning experience for all of us, but it was we did it all with uh, as family. And yeah, you're right. We we saw that. And I'm grateful by the grace of God. We had the eyes to see the beauty of that gathering of our kids who are all adults Mm -hmm. who could all have a thousand excuses not to be there, but they're there. And I think that is the representation of the Holy Family continuing in our lives. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to St. Joseph and to Mary and to Jesus that they could represent what a family can be. And it, it just was that blink of a moment where we go, wow, 
this is a blessing. We had several celebrations together, too. The kids opted to wait until everyone was together again at the cabin to do their gift exchange. We had our son-in-law's birthday on one of the evenings. And then we also celebrated just in recognition in advance of the graduations. Our son-in-law is graduating from college and our son and his girlfriend both graduating from high school. And we've shared this a little bit before. Our son has so many amazing personality quirks that just make the whole family laugh. He is our youngest. He is our joy. But it was a bit of a push for you and I uphill with him and his education. He's such an intelligent young man, but he really did not embrace the educational experience. I think that might be the easiest way or best way to say it. He just didn't like going to school. And here we are. He's a senior in high school. He's graduating and he has got his sights set on great things. Yeah. Yeah. And his, and this is the year that his grades began to skyrocket. So he's, yeah, so much is just beautiful in our maturing in life. And that as parents, we can watch our, our kids be a part of that. Uh, I think we should always be hopeful with our kids that we, we should not expect them to uh, not meet the mark. Right. We should expect them to meet the mark that God has given us through our parents, through our grandparents. And here we are passing that on. And when we see that our son and our, our daughters make that step, it's just so reaffirming that God is with us in our family. And we certainly say that in recognition that there are families that are, that struggle with this. And so we, we particularly give thanks for this experience because we know that's not the case in all families and it's not the, not the fault of anyone. It's just the, the blessing that we have in hand, we should be thankful for always in the moment. And I recognize too, you, you point that out that, you know, that's not every family. And we recognize too, for each one of our children, each one of their journeys was a little bit different than the other. And I even myself have to stop myself from comparing them when you hear about kids, especially now as we're getting into this last push. So many of them going on to different colleges and they've got these big plans. And we recognize Christian's journey was different from all of theirs. And I can't compare that. But boy, we are so excited for him. And even through the struggles in trying to help him embrace education, we recognize his path forward is his decision to make. So they're on a journey and we're all on a journey. In fact, this week we begin our Lenten journey. It's so funny for married couples and lovers. We, we've got Ash Wednesday that happened to fall on St. Valentine's Day. And we've got a great interview coming up because joining us is Patricia Mackey. She is with Everyday Counseling and she's joining us to talk about how within our own marriages, we can grow closer to God and to each other during this Lenten journey. And just the, the positioning of this year's Lent begins appropriately in our perspective as Christians on the day that we are to love. And St. Valentine, in his representation of that, 
should draw us to the heart of Jesus. And we want to talk a bit about that, how we're drawn as parents to the heart of Jesus for our children. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. I called my wife to complain angrily about traffic the other day, and she said, I sympathize with you, but I gotta call you on to holiness right now because I love you. I love my wife for that. <laughs> she told me a story that she heard of a young seminarian who was serving with the missionaries of charity. He was scrubbing a bathroom floor and was complaining while he was doing it. He was in a horrible mood, and this missionary of charity walked by him and laughed. And he said, what are you doing? Why are you laughing? She said, I'm laughing because you're totally wasting your time. He asked, what are you talking about? She said, if you're not doing your work with love, you're totally wasting your sacrifice. Look, suffering is an unavoidable part of everyday life, but you have the power to make it a fruitful part of your spiritual life. Get intentional about offering it up in love. Anyone can do a good day well. When you suffer, when you struggle, that's your moment to become a saint. Don't waste it. Send us a message at connect at reallifecatholic.com. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Please join me, Father Peter Julia, Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, in these prayers of Eucharistic revival from Our Lady of Fatima. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference by which he is offended, and through the infinite merits of the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of sinners. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the many ways you can help Mater Day Radio is by supporting our Leadership Circle members. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs. Our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. How can you find out more about our Leadership Circle members? Go to our website at materdayradio.com and click on the Get Involved menu. You'll be learning about a great group of people. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. Today we mark the beginning of Lent and also corresponds with St. Valentine's Day. Yesterday we were speaking about how both of these events are centered on love. And joining us today is Patricia Mackey from Everyday Counseling. She's going to talk to us about how Catholic couples can use this Lent to grow together in love. Good morning, Patricia. Thanks for joining us again on the show. Good morning, Brenda. Thanks for having me. So St. Valentine's Day and 
the beginning of Lent. It is Ash Wednesday, and it is a good time for couples to grow in Lent. Of course, we won't be able to indulge in that you know, maybe elegant meal and a big box of chocolate, but you say that this is a perfect opportunity, though, for every couple to grow and practice their faith during this Lenten season. And you say the be- a good place to start is to practice Lexio. Let our listeners know what that is and how they can use that to work as a couple to grow together. Exactly. I love that Lent lands on Valentine's Day this year. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and this year, I'm just, you know, thinking about those, those different areas of Lent and the fact that we always want to start with prayer. And prayer is about relationship. It's about our relationship with God. So Lectio is a practice of praying with the gospel readings every day. And really, you can do it with any part of the Bible, but the tradition is to do it with the daily gospel readings. And you're going to sit down and you read the gospel reading and you ask yourself, what is this saying? And then you kind of enter into some time of silence and kind of ask God, like, can I picture myself in this event? What's happening here? Where would the people be? Just that real human, like, what, what is this? What, what exactly is happening? And then we start to listen. God, what do you want me to know about this? And so starting to turn inward and say, is there a word that's really sticking out to me? Is there a person in this passage that's really that's striking a chord with me? And so we start to think about what is this passage saying to me personally? And then we go on to start to think about, and how do I want to respond to that? And throughout all of this, there should be that conversation with God, right? Like, God, what do you want me to hear? God, how do you want me to respond? What's going on in my life? How does this remind me of something that I'm dealing with? And this is such a beautiful opportunity as a couple to pray together because we so often try to think, well, how do you pray as a couple, right? We do the evening meal prayer or You know, we might say in our father, we might pray a rosary out loud. And those are all fantastic and beautiful. But Lectio really starts to give us an opportunity to find out what's going on in our spouse's heart and mind. And so we can really give ourselves that opportunity to ask. So we we do Lectio kind of privately. It's a lot of silence. I'm going to read this. I'm going to sit with it quietly. And then my husband and I, we each are part of a Lectio group at our parish. And so on Friday mornings when I get back, we both grab, I'll grab my hot coffee and he'll grab his hot tea and we'll share like, what, what was the word? What was it that this meant to you? Um, and it's amazing how much we learn about each other through that simple practice that we hadn't picked up from other conversations throughout the week. Patricia, this is an excellent example of maybe for a couple to push outside what they're maybe comfortable with and sitting down and having those conversations. What I think that people need to do is give it a a try and try it because you're right. The conversations, the time together, looking at each other face to face and sharing your faith with one another, it is so spiritually deep and really does create a, a bond of love, especially through our faith. Now for Lent, oftentimes people are asked to you give something up and then you take on a practice. So if you were to give something up, you can also use that time to do something else. So you say it's important to also fast as a couple. Now, what does that mean? Yeah. So in this sense, I'm really, this year particularly, I'm really asking couples to focus on their popular media usage. 
And so, you know, usually we think about fasting, we think about food and, and that can be part of it. But for me, at least, that's, that's not where my difficulties come from. My difficulty comes from trying to run away from all of the stuff in the world. And I just want to numb out at the end of the day, right? If, at the end of the day with six kids and everything running around, I just want to veg out and not think about anything. And Lent is this time for me to, to really say, no, God, I want to focus on you when I'm feeling depleted. And so, you know, it's a common practice. I know we do it in our house. And the day we get the kids to bed and we just plop down on the couch to watch a show. And so this year, really using that, that routine that we already have built in of sitting down and turning the TV on to really say, I'm going to move away from that. I'm going to shift away from whatever popular TV show you might be really used to watching in the evening and say, I'm going to fast from that show. Because so often popular media is feeding us so many messages that are completely contrary to our faith. They're starting to give us ideas of relationships that aren't healthy, of behaviors that aren't healthy for us. So really moving away from popular media this Lent and saying, what can I put into that emptiness? And so whether that's, okay, well, it's really, you know, that's our routine and that's going to be really hard to break. Maybe shift to watching The Chosen. Are you coming out with their latest season for people who've mm-hmm. been following along or going back to an earlier one? So that's an easy way to replace it with something a little bit more spiritually fulfilling. Or my husband and I have shifted to reading a book together. Uh, and he's dyslexic, so he's always like, I don't do any of the reading. And that's good for me because I love to read. And so I'll read out loud to him. And so we pick a book that, you know, sometimes it's like a C.S. Lewis. He got really into the space trilogy of C.S. Lewis's. Um, you know, this year we're doing the Walter Chizek, He Leadeth Me. So a little, a little bit deeper, a little bit harder of a read this oh. year. Choosing something and, and we just read out loud. Um, sometimes we can't get through a whole chapter, but I read the, the chunk that we're going to read for the night. Then we share any thoughts or opinions that we had about it, um, things that we want to remember about that particular story or about that particular chunk. And then we end with reading the prayer from Tobit, um, the, the prayer that they prayed right before they went to sleep on that, that wedding night um, that God would protect them. Mm. And so that's become kind of our evening routine. And it's, it's been really beautiful and fruitful for us. And so this meant I'm just really encouraging couples move away from the, the popular media, the sitting down on the couch and just watching something and move into something much more purposeful. Oh. I'm going to choose something that's really going to nourish us. I love that, Patricia. That idea, too, of you reading to your husband, what a beautiful way to serve him and his needs. I think that's a beautiful mm-hmm. example. And then just with a minute left here, the last thing that you also talk about is serving others together as a couple. Just real quickly, what does that look like for you? Yeah, for us, we offer a soup supper at our home on Friday nights during Lent. So we invite our children's friends as families and our friends, and we, we just collect everybody at our house and say, we'll make a soup, bring a soup, bring us some bread. We'll pray a rosary before the evening is over. And it's just a way to serve our community. But I know every parish is desperate for people, <laughs> right? We often think about the financial, but, but our actual people skills and our strengths and our abilities to show up is so highly in need. And so I just encourage this land, every couple, call up your parish and say, what's one thing we could do? Do you need somebody to go rake or to weed the garden beds? Do you need somebody to wash down the pews? What's one thing that we could do as a couple this Lent to give back to our community? Oh, 
Patricia, I think that is all wonderful, wonderful advice, beautiful ways to use Lent, a time that we think about, you know, giving up and, and being a very difficult time, but it is actually a very beautiful time, especially couples to grow together. Thanks so much for joining us today on the show. Thanks for having me. It's always such a gift. You always knew to wear it well And you look so fancy I can tell I don't mind you hanging out And talking in your sleep I guess you're just what I need Scott, earlier in the week on the Morning Blend, I shared an article and the article talked about how really perfect it is that Ash Wednesday fell on St. Valentine's Day because both are centered on love. Of course, that emotional kind of love and hearts and chocolates for St. Valentine's Day, but Ash Wednesday begins this Lenten journey to Easter And that is the greatest love story in our salvation history. Christ's journey to Calvary, where he so loved the world that he offered up his own life for all of our sins. It would be appropriate then to celebrate the two. Yeah, I just uh, taught a class on Tuesday and I was highlighting the fact that in this class, people were there to learn about their Christian faith, to journey further with Christ. And that they were willing, I pointed out, to make a sacrifice on the day that many other Catholics in the world are celebrating as Fat Tuesday. And here they were offering and sacrifice themselves to learn more about how to follow Christ. And I said, what a great testament to our faith when we can see this happen on a day like Fat Tuesday. So... Uh, and I know the next one's going to be in 2029, but then we're not going to see it for the r- remainder of the century. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, a regular occurrence. So again, I just am, am really inspired by the fact that this is happening as it is, and we're kicking off Lent in this way of what is love? And it refocuses us, not on the arrows of love of of, of one another, but more on, on the agape. Do you love me? And when I look at you as my wife and you're in the vocation that we have as marriage, I look at you and I say, I love you like Jesus was asking Peter to say when he offered that opportunity for him to repent for those three times he denied him. Do you love me? Do you love me? I look at you and I'm, I'm confident you look at me and we have that love of we would die for each other. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's probably the greatest connection we can make on Valentine's Day to the one who died for us, Christ crucified, that in his crucifixion, he gives everything, and in his resurrection, he redeems all. And so, just a great, rare occurrence. It's like watching, as an astronomer, the aligning of stars. Well, this is an aligning of events that really, I think, people might take for for granted, if not for pointing those things out. Scott, what I loved about Patricia's interview and some of the suggestions that she offered is that reminder of the ways that we do things together. We journey together. We take on our sacrifices for Lent and we try to grow closer to our Lord 
align our sufferings in a little bit of a way to what he suffered on the cross and trying to be able to do that together. Of course, we recognize in the 34 years that you and I have been married, there have been times where we've just felt like we could not make a wrong decision together. Then there's those times that we fall short and we're packing the truck and it's just not going the way we expected. And then things seem to fall apart. It's a long race. And you and I, even after 34 years, recognize that we're not to the finish line yet. Because if we ever decide that, yep, this is it, we've made it, well, that's when we recognize that's the next time that we're about to fall down. We constantly have to remind ourselves to get up, to journey, to focus, and to choose that kind of agape love that you're talking about. It's not always that honeymoon phase. And while there are moments in our marriage that we relive that honeymoon phase, again, it's a long journey and we're not always going to have that to rely on. So every day we have to choose. This is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to choose to love you and we'll choose to do this together. Right. And, you know, as you're talking there, I'm just thinking about when we get despondent, when we get low in our ability to have charity, we we're called to go back to the well and how appropriate as we begin Lent Lent, because we're we're walking the journey of Christ. We're ultimately, we're also walking with those who are going to be coming into the church mm-hmm. on Easter Vigil. We're walking with them as well. And one of the one of the uh, gospel passages that's read during the Lenten season is the woman at the well. And it's where do we draw our love, our ability to love from? Do we draw from ourselves or do we draw it from the Lord? Mm -hmm. And the way that we connect when we get off balance is we go back to the Lord and the Lord gives us more. And that is the beautiful grace of our faith and our vocation. The vocation meaning to live our life in a particular way for a particular purpose. And that purpose is to know, love and serve the Lord. So, Scott, as we end our show today, as we begin this Lenten journey, will you end us in prayer? Lord, we are most grateful for your ordaining our lives, your ordaining time. And we, at this moment, take not for granted that the fact that Valentine's is happening at the beginning of Lent, but we take it with full understanding that you are with us and you are drawing us onto a path that journeys with you. And so help us to journey well this Lent as we walk this path and help us to be hopeful that you are with us to the end. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Have a blessed Lent. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.